how many of y'all have the app on your smartphone? You have the Driftwood app? Cool. Um, and, you know, you guys can put prayer requests on there um, anytime that you would like. And they go on, and then um, either JJ or Fernando approves them. That's so that, you know, we could, uh, you know, someone won't put a, a, a app up, or I mean a prayer request saying, Oh, dear God, please heal Kathy of her vindictive behavior or something, you know, <laughs> you know or, you know, you know, or Aaron of his, uh, extra, no, I'm just joking, I'm just saying, we want to have a little bit of, <laughs> all right, TMI, all right, so, um, but the idea is, the reason it goes through a little of approval is so that once you put the prayer requests on, that it's tasteful, that it's not too, uh, involved and it's somewhat discreet but we do want to pray for each other and man it's awesome if you'll put if you'll put the app Dripwood Church at the Beach you can get it at the Google Play Store or the Apple Store and it's free you download it and there's a lot of there's uh, daily devotions on there the messages if you've already sat through one of my messages you probably might not want to hear it again but uh, maybe you do uh, anyways but I'm just saying that uh, the messages are up there there's prayer requests there's a lot of different things and uh, we've been praying for some different people like for example JJ where's JJ back here uh, right now he's standing but at any moment he could be bending down kneeling wailing on the floor crying like a baby because he has two kidney stones as we speak we was in the emergency room last night and um, he's got a, a couple of kidney stones that he's got to deliver at some point in time. So be praying for JJ. But that was on the that was on the the, the prayer request last night. We've uh, you know I'm trying to uh, there, there's other prayer requests that were on there. Uh, Milton, Susie's uh, husband, had some adverse reactions to some medication, and that's why he's not here right now. Blisters on his feet, some different things, and we need to be praying for each other. And then one of the first things, uh, Erica, EJ's wife and uh, Delaney's mom and all that, they, uh, same person, uh, they, uh, you know, she had had, uh, she's been having these episodes with her heart and, and been praying to find out what it is that's causing these episodes because they check her heart and her heart physically is okay, but yet her blood pressure is going up, down, and um, bottom line is there's, there's a tumor on her adrenal gland, is that correct? And so it squishes and makes all these different hormones and different things kind of happen and it lowers her blood pressure and raises it but praise god she's had this how long aj about 20 years about 20 years and you think it's somebody that tiny you would find a, a tumor the size of a hamburger but you know she's been so used to it and this is going to be such a relief when they can pull this thing out but right now they're trying to stabilize blood pressure and all of that so that when you know that there's a uh, uh, when they take her into surgery that they don't have to worry about the blood pressure falling but these are things to be praying for for people and there's probably uh, there's other ones up there but these are some immediate things where we can be checking the app all day long man checking that before you go to bed not just because we want hits on our app or anything like that this is actually a tool to be able to help each other see life from God's perspective and so um, one of the things uh, in here, we're praying for EJ uh, and his family, but Erica, she's having a rough morning, and uh, she's probably going to get out maybe, what well, you said, maybe early in the week, and then they'll do surgery hopefully the following week. But in the meantime, EJ and his poor kids are suffering through his cooking or lack thereof. Okay, how's that going, Delaney? Yeah, Wendy's every night. You, you've already killed the whole case of Captain Crunch. <laughs> no, I'm just like, all right, it's all good. But so Carrie... Uh, this is something we do for each other, and this is part of helping each other see life from God's perspective, is, is helping cook for each other. And so, Carrie, um, you've started some sort of a food thing. A meal train. A meal train, okay. That like soul train. All right. we, got a, we got a meal train. All right, so the meal train, she's in charge, and I'm not worthy to tell you how it works. So, Carrie, would you well, come up and tell us how it works? It's very simple. It's just a link. Um, and... We can make it available on the app, I believe, um, and maybe on Facebook as well, so everybody has access to it. And you can go in, and we've um, indicated, like every other day for the next couple weeks, where you can provide a meal for their family, so um, that they're eating something healthy and not having to worry about that while they're caring for her. Um, so you just go in, and you click on it, and then you can indicate which day they're highlighted, the dates that um, that a meal can be provided. So you can just click on that and sign up. You can. Tell what you're going to bring so they don't get, you know, 10 dishes of lasagna. Um, and I'm sure that that will be a blessing to them. And so um, I guess JJ will make that available at some point today on either the app. And if you don't have access to the app for whatever reason or Facebook, then just come see me afterwards and I will share that exact address 
for you. Um, the other thing too, we started a ladies Bible study on Wednesday mornings at nine o'clock um, for any ladies that would like to come, all ages, and kids are welcome. So um, if you want to come, bring your kids. We're going to be studying the book of Hebrews. So. All right. You at know, our house. Yeah, at her house in White, in White City. It's not too Somewhere terrible. there's an address. I don't know where. Yes, it's, it's on somewhere. the... Online. It's on the app. Everything's on the app. Or you can ask me. But you know, they have this ladies' Bible study and they're studying the book of Hebrews. I had suggested that they serve coffee and call it Shebrews, but <laughs> but they didn't buy that. They're not going for it. So, anyways, that's where we're at. All right, awesome. So, JJ, in your spare time while you're just passing some kidney stones, you'll get that on the app for us. That would be awesome. And, uh, we would definitely appreciate that. All right, if you are a kid, stand up, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, go! <laughs> All right, take it off. All right, when we first started the book of Acts, okay, and I don't expect you to re necessarily remember all of this, but, but there's like a little theme each week uh, that, uh, for, so you can remember it, so you can apply it, but when we started the book of Acts and we got into Acts 1-8, Acts 1-8 reminds us that God gives us, help me out, he gives us power, power, power to, to become be his poster child. That's it. He says, I'm going to give you power when you receive the Holy Spirit, power to be my witness. And again, um, that word witness means nothing more than he wants your life. He wants to give you power so that your life can, can be a poster child for him. So that you can make it through every situation that he has ordained for your life. Whether it be kidney stones, it be a tumor, whether it be a new house, whether it be a new job, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. In our opinion, every single thing God brings into our life is there by his design. And he wants to give us power to be able to make it through and reveal to everybody else who he is. So he gives us power to be his poster child here, there, and everywhere. Then the second half of the book of, of chapter one in the book of Acts, we looked at that last week, and we saw that poster children have peace because they pray and they pursue God's plan. It's not about their plan. It's not about them getting what they want. It's wanting what they get from God. And that is a lot to do with life. It's not about getting what you want, unless what you want is what God wants. It's not about getting what you want. It's wanting what you get, realizing that as you are on the job, on the clock for Christ here, he's custom designed situations in your life that he wants to empower you to get through. So when you get through it all, everybody can say, man, Eden, how did that happen? And you have to say it was God. And JJ, when he says, oh, JJ's gone now. But, but when JJ gets through with it, he'll say, dude, how did you do that? And he will say it was God. And a little Percocet. No, I'm just joking. But, <laughs> but what I'm saying in all of this is that's what God wants to do. Uh, poster children for Christ, they have peace because they're constantly praying, seeing, keeping their mind stayed on God, and they're pursuing God's plan. That's their plan for their life is pursuing God's plan. Now we enter into Acts chapter 2, and there's so many things that could be said about Acts chapter 2, but what God wants us to understand out of this is that God gives us gifts. Everybody say, God gives us gifts. God gives us gifts. Gifts are cool, aren't they? Everybody like gifts? Who doesn't like getting a gift, right? God gives us gifts. But here's the other part of it. God gives us gifts, everybody say, for his glory. It's for him. So here it is. Put it all together, and I'm only going to make you say it about 50 more times today, all right? So, all right, one, two, three. God gives us gifts for his glory. That's the purpose of it. So here's the deal. All right, Susie, let's just say that I give you a gift. I wrap it up and it's there and it's a paintbrush. You'd be so excited. I give you a paintbrush. Well, guess what it's for? It's so you can paint my house. Isn't that awesome? Why are you guys laughing? But see, that, uh, or yeah, okay, so, or, or I give Natalie, I give you a brownie pan. You open it up and it's like, yeah, I gave this to you so you can make me brownies, right? 
You know, Jeremy, I gave, I gave Jeremy a shotgun. It's so you can exclusively bring me hog, uh, deer meat from North Florida. Okay, in other words, what would you think about somebody, I'm not even going for the whole husband giving the wife a vacuum cleaner thing, right? All right, but what would you think if somebody gave you a gift and the full, whole purpose of that gift was to do something for them? What would you think about it? I'm gonna give you a gift card so that you can give it back to me and my wife and I can go out to dinner. That's your birthday present. What do you think about that, man? What would happen if you gave your wife a vacuum cleaner? Oh, shit. <laughs> He's freshly married, so <laughs> get back with me in about 10 years on that one, brother. But anyways, but, so, so, but listen, this is why we have such a hard time understanding the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because whenever we receive a gift, who is that gift? When somebody gives us a gift, who's it for? Everybody look in and say, me! <laughs> right? All right, so, so I want you to do that. Whenever we receive a gift from somebody, we, all of, uh, we assume that it is for who? For me. Me. Exactly. And it would be so insensitive, so selfish for somebody to give me a gift that they would have to use for me, for the one who gave them the gift. But you see... You got to understand that God gives us gifts to give him glory. We have nothing in our flesh that we can offer to God other than surrender that's going to bring glory. If God doesn't inject supernatural junk into our life, supernatural power, we have nothing supernatural to give back to him. So he gives us what we need to be able to give him glory and the world gets to see it. And the benefit for us, we get to participate in it. We get to be a part of it. And you know what? I spent 26 years of my life trying to outdo this person, outdo that person, trying to be the best here, be the smartest, be the funniest, be the whatever in all these things. And there was always somebody just a little bit better. You ever find that out when you're trying to impress people? There's always just somebody a little better. And when I gave my life to Christ, instead of being a part of something that I could achieve, I now understood that my goal in life was to give him the glory. And it's been so cool when I can kill the flesh and do it for him and use it for him. It's so cool being a part of something supernatural that I have to give him the glory for. I would so much rather be a part of something supernatural that I have to give him the glory for and just be a part of it than be a, a part of the best thing I could ever accomplish. The best thing I could ever accomplish is nothing compared to being a part of what God has in store for me and being able to give him the glory in that. So when we talk about a gift, when we talk about any gifts from God, understand it is like that paintbrush, Susie. It's like that, ba it's like that brownie pan. I mean, again, that's so hard for us to understand that God gives us a gift, but it's not for us. It's for him. It is for us so that we can be a part of something supernatural, so that we can be a witness, so we can be his poster child, and we can show people what he is like. But it's not directly for us. You remember when we were in Philippians, and we talked about the number one priority in life needed to be Jesus. We talked about joy, Jesus, others, and you. That you had to first do things for, it was all for Jesus. And if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, he's going to then cause you to what? Love others. And so where do I fit in all of this? Where does it work for me? Well, when you love God with everything you've got and he causes you to love others, is there not a benefit? Is there not peace, love, joy, patience, goodness, joy? Is there not a gift in that? Anyone who's ever experienced that, every one of you have, you know that's the most awesome gift is being used by God for others. But when we make it all about us, Man, we make it all about us. This gift's for me. It's for me. If I have any left, I'll share it with you. You know? If I have any left, I'm going to save it. And if I have any left after that, I'm going to save it. And if I have anything left after that, then I might just give you a crumb. Dude, what a miserable way to live. But he's getting ready to give the church on their birthday. Do you know we're going to talk about Pentecost today? And Pentecost is the church's birthday and he gives them the greatest gift they could ever have. And that is the gift of the Holy Spirit. This chapter is not about the manifestation of tongues. Although we're going to talk about it and it's going to be there. What it's about is the gift that he gave. And in the Bible you will see hundreds of manifestations of the Holy Spirit being, you know, us using that gift. 
Today we saw it as they were singing, man. Man, I worship today. As you guys sang, as you guys were worshiping the spirit, man, God's spirit. I cried, man. That was cool. I didn't make myself do that. I didn't poke, like, you know, my eyes and put pepper juice in there. I was worshiping, and a part of that gift of the Holy Spirit is God, which is revealing to me how true the words were that we were saying, that we were singing. There's so many manifestations of this gift, it would be wrong for us to just focus on one. What I'm trying to tell you is that God gives you a gift so you can bring him glory. And if you need to go, like next week, Tom and I are going to be in, in Nicaragua. And J.J. will be preaching. He might be rolling around here if he ain't passing bad boys yet. But he's going to be preaching for us. And we're going to be there. And I, I hear they speak like Creole, English Creole. But let's just say that they don't. If I need to be able to speak another language, can God give me the ability to do that? Yes. Yeah. But you know what I might need the ability to do right now? The gift to speak English. <laughs> I might need the ability to love somebody that's not lovable, to have joy in a situation that's not joyful, to have peace in a situation that's not peaceful. Those are all manifestations of the same gift. Man, when you get the Holy Spirit, you get power to be his poster child here, there, and everywhere. And so we're going to look at how this worked out for them. But remember, the gift's not for you directly. The gift is for us to be able to give back to him, to do what he's called us to do. And when we do that, he's going to nine times out of ten use it for us to minister to other people. And then the benefit is knowing and the satisfaction and the glory that God could use me. Man, doesn't that blow you away that God could use you? Have you looked in the mirror lately? I'm seeing every one of you right now. No, I'm just, Terry, you look pretty good, bro. You know, but doesn't it amaze you when you think about the fact that God can use you? Because you know who you are. But God can use us. So let's take a look and let's see what all of this says in Acts chapter 2, uh, starting in verse 1. It says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. All right. So, again, here's what I want you to know. How many people were up there in that upper room, whether it was in the temple or whether it was in Mark's mom's house, it was near the temple. How many people were up there? 120, 120 people. Right. We learned that last week about 120 people and they were all in one accord. They all had peace. We talked about one accord, meaning that everybody's got their own cord. OK, everybody's got their own cord, their own desires, their own wants, their own needs. You got your own cord, right? You got your own cord? You guys ever like uh, trying to grab your cord and grab your cord? What one accord is when you're both grabbing the same cord. And that's what happened. 120 people are all going for the same thing, grabbing that one cord. That, they were in one accord. And they were all wanting to wait and be patient and see what God was going to do when he gave them the promise, the Holy Spirit. And so all of them were up in this room and they were in one accord in one place. Man, it's hard to believe that 120 people can all be in one room for 10 days and all be in peace. Can you imagine if this was all of a sudden a hurricane shelter and we were all having to stay in here? I mean, you know, how many of y'all think there'd be a fight within a couple hours? I know some of you and there ain't much food here and there'd be a fight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? After two days, after three days, but for 10 days, how can you have peace? It's when you're all trying to grab the same cord, when you're all after the same purpose, when you all want the same thing and you're coming together to get it. Adam, you've seen what it looks like when a team comes together. You've been on teams where the whole team works, right? And it's a beautiful sight. You ever been on a team where everybody was out for themselves? Yeah, dude, what a mess that is. What a mess when everybody's out for themselves. But they were all up there waiting for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, it says it was on the day of Pentecost. Now, Pentecost wasn't invented on that day. The name, the, what Pentecost means is, is 50. That's what it means. It's, in fact, in the Hebrew calendar, they had, they had the Passover, which is um, uh, celebrating when Egypt, you know, the, the firstborn was killed. And, and also, it was the day on Passover was when Jesus was, was killed. He was murdered. After that was the next day was the Feast of Unleavened Bread, but it became, it became a feast of, of, of first fruits. And that was a picture when Jesus was risen from the dead. He was the first fruits of the new covenant coming up. And then 50 days after um, Passover, and 50 days after that was Pentecost. And Pentecost meant a couple of things. It was another feast of a harvest where they gave up a harvest, but, but it was a time when the Jews celebrated getting the law. And now you might, what would they celebrate getting the law? Because now once they knew what God wanted to do, they could now try to please them. Nothing worse than trying to please somebody and you don't know what they want. 
right? So when God gave them the law, they were like, yes, we got a law. We know how to please you. And so it celebrated that. So it's so appropriate that on the day they celebrated getting the law, that now in the new covenant, they celebrate getting the Holy Spirit. Because you walk by the Spirit. You cannot fulfill the lust of this flesh. No law can bind you if you're walking in the Spirit. You don't need the law. It comes natural. You do what God wants you to do. So it was on the day of Pentecost, 50 days after um, the Passover that that happened. We know Jesus was on this earth for about 40 days. So that's how we know it was 10 days that they were in this upper room all together. All right. And they were all accord in one place. And look what happens in verse two. It says, and suddenly. All right. So it wasn't like these guys were like praying for it, waiting for it. And it was like they were up there for 10 days. What would you be doing for 10 days? Now they're praying, you know, you two probably grab, you know, some cards and be playing cards, right? You know, you'd be playing tic-tac. I mean, it was like they were up there for 10 days. It wasn't like, man, 24-7. There were people sleeping. There were people chilling. There were people talking. But the majority of the time, these people were all talking to Jesus. But since he wasn't physically there, they had to talk to him through prayer. But they were up there 10 days. And they're hanging out much the way you are, not expecting. They don't know when this is going down. God didn't have an app for that. And so there they are. And it says suddenly, surprisingly, man, in when they weren't expecting it, boom, you ever been sitting in a stand and you're just kind of like nothing showing up, nothing showing up, Jack, right? And all of a sudden, boom, there it is, you know, after it's like nibbling your ear. Now I'm just like when you're laying down. But anyway, so all of a sudden this happened and it caught them by surprise. It wasn't like this was pre-planned and God said 10, 9. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, blast off. It wasn't that. They were all hanging out, looking for it, and hanging out with each other. And suddenly, there came a sound. And now what you're going to find out a lot in the Bible is this, that sometimes when they describe heavenly things, they have to use earthly terminology. And it's very hard. You guys ever read Ezekiel's version of heaven when God let them see heaven? And he's like, dude, there were like chariots and wheels. And man, it looks, sounds like an acid trip. <laughs> it's just kind of messed up all the things that they're, but God is infinite. And we have a finite mind with a finite vocabulary, finite everything. And, and trying to describe something supernatural is really, really hard. And so in here, I want you to see that they're trying to describe it as best as they can of what it was like. And it says, suddenly there came a sound from heaven. So we know there was a sound, and where did it come from? Heaven. heaven. This was a sound from heaven, and any sound that came from heaven was an awesome sound. You guys ever heard thunder, right? You know? You see the lightning? Why? You ever see lightning, man? You see lightning? What's going to happen next, brother? Thunder. And you know it's going to happen, so you never jump when there's thunder, do you? Nah, dude, there's lightning. Ha! There's no baloney, bro. Hey, sister, does he jump when there's thunder? Ah! Like a little girl, right? Yeah, I bet he does. Yeah. But we all do. We all do. <coughs> Thunder is like a sound from heaven. This was a, phen a phenomenal sound. This was a sound that there's no other way to describe it than from heaven. So they try to describe it, and it says, as of a. Does it say it was a? No, they're trying to describe. So it wasn't like this big tornado comes through. They're trying the best they can to describe what it was like. There was a phenomenal sound from heaven, and it says, and it was as a mighty or a rushing mighty wind. Now, was it exactly wind blowing through there? Did they have to put up the shutters, man? Was their hair all messed up? I, that's not kind of what it's saying. They're trying to describe. They're saying it was loud. And it was like a mighty rushing wind. Now, what's cool about this, this word wind, both in the Hebrew and in the Greek, is the same word that's used for the Holy Spirit, for the word spirit. And actually in Latin, too, it's the same word. And so the wind and the spirit, you will see, go hand in hand. And um, God will blow you away with his spirit. <laughs> Amen? And so, anyways, in this, they're sitting there, and all of a sudden, they're just caught off guard. There's a sound from heaven as, it's the best they can describe it, like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled, the sound filled the whole house where they were sitting. So it's just like maybe a giant train when we get big choo-choo coming through here, and we're in the middle of service, and, and all of a sudden, it starts rocking. It's just undescribable. What he's saying is there was power, and the power came from God. And the best we can tell you is that it's like a mighty wind, and man, it just, this power filled the house. So God has power, 
And, and it's part of his gift. Go ahead. Next verse. Then it says, so all of a sudden there's this wind, this sound of like wind. You guys have heard wind before, right? You guys remember the hurricanes? Who was around for the hurricanes? I know some of y'all were like, oh, you know, we survived Hermine, Hermine, you know, and some got knocked over. Hermine was nothing, even the little squalls in there. You remember with Francis having hurricane force winds for over how many? How long? 48 hours. About 48 hours worth, man. Dude, hurricane force winds. You remember hearing it outside your house? Dude, it was crazy. Man, it was crazy. There was power. I can, I'll never forget. What Ashley was joking about the other day, I was like, because I, I kept saying, get out from under the skylights. Get out from under the skylights. Because we'd hear pine trees hitting the house and stuff like that. You know, but yeah, that's powerful wind, but that's nothing compared to the power of God's. That's the best you could even imagine if you heard that. Anybody been around in tornadoes? They say it sounds like a train. I've never seen one. I want to one day. But man, I'd love to hear what they're talking about, but that's what I'm imagining. It's just you can't describe it until you've been there. And it was powerful. And then it said, it said, then there appeared to them divided or distributing tongues. Okay, you might have seen the pictures where people have like a, you know, two tongues of fire over their head or something like that. There, here's what they're saying. There appeared to them divided. That word divided also means distributing. And it says tongues as of fire. So again, remember, it's as of a wind. It's as of fire. Was their head really literally on fire? I don't know. It's the best way they could describe what was going on. Fire is symbolic, like Kathy, you were talking about last week. And in scripture, fire is used to purify things and burn away the dross, burn away everything that's bad out of us. And that is one of the functions of the Holy Spirit of God in us is to get rid of the stuff that's causing us not to be used by God and causing us not to be the witness or the poster child we're supposed to be. But in here, so it says the divided tongues as of fire. So it looked like fire. I wasn't there. I didn't put my hand in it. And neither were you. But that's the best way they could describe it. It was as of fire. And what this divided tongues, if you read the rest of it, and it said, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But so what in the Greek, what this is talking about with these divided tongues is it? Yes. OK, so here we go. We've got we've got this fire kind of type thing. There's two and then one jumps to Aaron and then one splits off of him and one splits off. And so basically what was happening in this place is that when this rushing type wind power came in and then there was this fire like thing on somebody's head to symbolically show that that's the Holy Spirit. You know, I have never had that happen on my head. Have you had it on your head? And it's a one-time event. It was Pentecost. It was like the crucifixion, like the resurrection. It doesn't have to continue to happen. And so this fire, bam, boom, and it starts spreading. And look at verse 4. And they were, how many were filled? All. Oh. Oh. So you mean there were some, do you think everybody had equal faith in that room? So if you didn't have enough faith, you didn't get it. No, everybody was filled that was in that room. They all got it. And just like our salvation is not predicated upon our goodness and our faith and our it's God given us grace. He's given us the desire and ability to believe what he did on the cross pays for our sins. It's the same thing. When you receive Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit. You receive all the Holy Spirit you're ever going to have, but you spend your life through sanctification, letting him have more and more of you. Surrendering more and more of him, of, of yourself to him. And so it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And here they began to speak with other tongues. And we're going to see the description of this because what this is talking about based on this description which is the most complete description of this manifestation in the word of God is that they began to speak and just going to, it's funny. One of my favorite verses in the whole Bible is there and I'll show it to you in a minute, but these low backcountry Galileans who could barely speak. I mean, they didn't have any education. They were speaking, praising God and everybody understood them in their own language, at least 15 other languages. That's what happened. We'll see that. We'll see the description here. But it says they began to speak with other languages. Dubs, you know Chinese, bro? Yeah. You do? <laughs> no, you don't, man. <laughs> All right. So it would be like Dubs starting to speak. Well, speaking Portuguese. You don't know Portuguese, do you? 
All right. And Natalie's speaking Chinese, and, and Susie's speaking Polish. Well, you are Polish, right? No, that's milk. Yeah. Oh, Italian. Where's the Polish come in on that? You don't have any Polish in you guys? Oh, wow, okay. All right, so anyways, but it would, it would be like all of a sudden us in Nicaragua and, I, and I'm encountering a situation where I have no way to communicate and God wants his message. So at that point, he gives me a gift to bring him glory. And if I need the ability to speak whatever, like a mosquito, which is a dialect in Nicaragua, if I need the ability to speak that, he would give that to me. And yes, he is doing that in different parts of the world right now. He's going to give you whatever gift you need to do whatever he's called you to do to represent him. But if you don't need that gift right now, he's going to give you a gift you do need. You may need a gift to be able to endure that seat right now, to be able to listen and pay attention and focus in spite of all of my transitions and ramblings. You may need a gift of focus, and I'm praying you have that right now, brother. All right, so... But what I'm saying is this, whatever you need to do what God's calling you to do, he gives you that gift and it's for his glory, Amen. not yours. Amen. And not anybody else's, it's for him to accomplish. Last week we talked about the Lord's Prayer, where give us this day our daily bread. He wants to provide whatever we need to fulfill our purpose in his plan. It's the same exact thing. You can be sure that when you're filled with his Holy Spirit, he will give you whatever you need to do what he's needing you to do at that point in time. You ever get up to sing and you're one? Have you ever had a time where you just you, you had to do it and you couldn't? Because maybe you got like, you know, laryngitis. I don't know. Yeah. Anybody ever had a God to have to just step up? Maybe emotionally you weren't there and God had to step up. I don't know. But I know there's been tons of times in my life where he's called me to do stuff. And I could not have done it in the flesh. And he's got to take over, and he makes it happen. And there's no other explanation but him. In fact, every time I get up here, that's what's happening. <laughs> I guarantee you. And so it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak with other tongues. Now, look, when did they do this? Did all of a sudden everybody just start doing this, and it's all going through the room? It might have sounded that way. There's still a rushing wind. There's still fire. There's different things happening here. But look what it says. As, as, what does that mean? That means as, okay, the Spirit gave them utterance. So as God gave them something to say, they said it. As God gave them a use for the gift, he gave them the gift. As you need it, he's going to give it to you, and you're going to be able to do whatever it is he's calling you to do. And so in here, as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability to speak in another language, they did it. That was it. When God didn't give it to them, they didn't do it. But when he gave it to them, they did do it. As the Spirit gave them utterance. Look at the next verse here. And look, now, so that's what happened in the upper room. But now we go and we see how it affects everybody on the outside. Because there are lots of people on the outside that caught wind of this, pardon the pun. There are lots of people that basically heard this. And, and they heard the wind. They heard stuff going on. They're like, what is going on here? And isn't that what's supposed to happen? When God gives us a gift for his glory, isn't something supernatural supposed to happen that, man, there's, there, only he can get blamed? Isn't that what happens? People want to know what's going on in your life. How many of you ever had a life change, man, where God's spirit just is taken over? You're, you're now walking with him in ways you've not ever walked with him. People are like, what is up with that? Natalie, you ever had that happen? God is using it so good right now. It happens in every one of us as he keeps taking us to new levels. As we surrender more and more of ourselves to him, people are like, what is going on? That's the question you want to hear. What is going on? And you can then say, it's all. Yeah. Bree, what did you say? It's all Jesus. You speak like, you sing like an angel. And you said, it's all, it's all him. That's why he gives us the gifts so he can get the glory. Not like, oh, yeah, well, I've been trying to convince people of that for years. You know? <laughs> They just never believed me. My mom kept telling me, but no, I'm just, I'm just, you know what I'm saying? God gives us gifts. Help me out. God gives us gifts yes. for his glory. It's for him. If you, the more things you want to give him glory for, the more things he'll give you to give him the glory for. But if he knows you're going to take the credit, he knows you're going to take partial credit. You're going to be like, yeah, well, you know, God, you know, had some pretty good stuff to work with when he, you know, did that there. <laughs> Man, if you're going to take any credit, God's like, dude, I'm going to find somebody 
I'm going to find somebody that, man, it's just going to be, they're, they're, they're never, never going to be able to take any credit for this. I'm going to find somebody that's going to give me all the credit because that's what God wants. Do you remember Satan? Do you remember in the book of Isaiah, do you remember, they may remember what his name was, it begins with an L. Yeah, I don't want to bring him any glory or anything. In fact, I want to so degrade him right now because his name was Lucifer. He was an angel of light. And his job was to do nothing. He was an angel, an angel of light. And his job was to almost be like a mirror. And, and a mirror, God's the sun. And he would take that glory from God and shine it on other people. That's what Lucifer, light, means. Angel of light. And he was supposed to just take God's glory and shine it on people. That's what his job was, to show people who God was. If you imagine you with a mirror out in the sun, going up to sunbather and go... Trying to show them, would that work at the beach, Natalie? What a great ministry opportunity. Blinding people at the beach with a mirror. You know, dude, why don't we go at night in the movie theater with QB? You know what I'm saying? But his job, seriously, his job was to take God's glory and show everybody what that was. What a cool job. How many of y'all like to have that job for eternity in heaven? And you have everything you need? Dude, I want wings, man. That's why I was looking for wings on your back. Hang on, man. But... Wings, man. I mean, yeah, so that's, that's Lucifer. That was his job. What a cool gig. But you know what he did? He just wanted to be like God. He wanted a little bit of the glory. He didn't want to be bigger than God. The Bible says in Isaiah that he just wanted to be like him. And so guess what God did? God took his mirror and said, no, no, I'm not giving you that opportunity. And so he got ticked off and he rebelled. And he took how many angels with him? A third of them. That's a lot of angels. And you know what? There's people that can, that can lead people in the wrong direction. But good news for us, if he only took a third, how many left do we have? Two thirds. Two thirds. So, so man, that's what we got to have. There was a math lesson for today, all right? So. But seriously, look, he only wanted a part of God's glory. That's all he wanted. He just wanted to share in it. God is a jealous God, and God deserves all the glory. And if we can understand that all he wants is for us, he wants to give us a gift to give him glory. Whatever he gives you, it's probably not for you. You get a brownie, somebody gives you a brownie, look around and say, God, what do you want me to do with this? And if God says, eat it, then do it. <laughs> Hurry up before he changes his mind. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> but seriously, someone gives you something, what do you do? What's the first thing? Somebody gives you some money, what's the first thing you do? Spend it. Yeah, spend it. Before anything you, well, you know, God gives you a brand new jersey, man. How many jerseys do you have now? 160. 160. He gets another jersey. Uh, another jersey. What are you going to do? Wash it first and hang it. And hang it. <laughs> put it in your shrine of jerseys. But do you know the next jersey he gives you may not be for you? Uh, what? That's hard. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what, exactly. But that's what every one of us says. Somebody gives me a brand new surfboard, and I've been dreaming about this board. What's the first thing I'm going to think it's for? Oh, my goodness. I'm going to think it's for me. But we've got to change that thought pattern. We've got to see it the way God sees it. He says, I'm giving you this stuff so you can bring me glory. If he wanted to give somebody a brand new surfboard, could he give me one and count on me to do it? To give it to somebody? Oh, no, because I'm the same way you are. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll take, hey, guys, I just got a brand new surfboard here. You can have my old one. Yeah, yeah. Junk for Jesus. Anybody clean their closets out and give it to the poor? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, not what we do. But what if he wanted to give somebody a brand new surfboard, a brand spanking new board of your dream, but he wanted to give it to somebody else? Could he give it to you and trust that you would give it to the right person? Natalie, what do you think? Hope so. Hope so. Yeah, that's where I'm at. That's the purpose of the gift. Now let's see how this happens in verse 5 here. Look what it says. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews. Now at this time of the year there were people from everywhere there. That's why God chose to do it at this time. This was one of the last of the three big events where everybody came from all over the place to come. And they had the real devout Jews came to all three of those things. And they were here now for this Pentecost celebrating God giving them the law. They had no idea what God was going to do at Pentecost at this point in time. And so it says from every nation under heaven they were there. That's everybody from everywhere. This is a big festival. Verse 6, and when this sound occurred, what were they, what were they coming to see? This sound. They heard the sound, man. 
They heard the tornado train. They heard the, they heard everything that was going on. There was outward evidence that the Holy Spirit was there and he was working, that something was happening. And when they heard this sound, it says the multitude came together and they were what? Yeah, dude, because they were seeing something they had never seen before. They were experiencing something like nobody had ever experienced before. And it says, because everyone, uh, they were confused because everyone heard them speak in what? His own language. Exactly. Here's the, bet, the only real description we have of this gift. I'm not going to get into the fact that it might be a personal prayer language. If we ever get into 1 Corinthians and we're preaching through that, I'll talk about all this. But in this, this is the most complete description of the gift of tongues. It says they were speaking and these lowly Hebrew old Galilean rednecks, they were speaking in, in a language that they did not go to college to learn. <laughs> and, and these people were confused because they heard them in their own language. And I'll prove it. Look at verse 7. It said, then they were all amazed. Now look what they were amazed at. They were amazed and marveled, saying to one another, look, are not all these who speak Galileans? <laughs> these dudes didn't even graduate kindergarten. All right? These guys were fishing from day one. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that because that's who I am. I grew up on the west side of Orlando. And, dude, at my 20th class, I got sent to a Catholic school because I played baseball. And I tried to get myself kicked out, and I couldn't because I was the captain of the team. And it was only by God's favor that I even got to go to school with millionaires. But the only time they wanted me was for baseball or when they got in a fight back in the day. Dude, my, you ever watch that show, My Name is Earl? My name, you remember that one? That's how I grew up. I grew up there. Only we had a house, didn't have a trailer. But I'm just saying, that's me. And when my kid, the, uh, go back to my 10th uh, high school reunion, and they're like, what do you do? I'm like, well, I'm a pastor. They're like, no, really, what do you do? What do you do? Did you, like, start a new kind of church online or something? You know, or that was before online. I'm like, no, dude, I'm a pastor. They saw God's glory. They saw something change and and all of that. That's what this was like. They're like, dude, these backwoods hicks from Galilee, they smell like fish, they stink. They don't, they didn't go to college, they didn't go to seminary, they didn't go to school, and they're speaking perfectly in my dialect. How is that happening? It's like Dub's getting up and speaking Chinese. Go ahead, speak a little Chinese to us, man. Yeah, dude, that's it, that's it, right there. <laughs> I was going to say Kung Pao or Szechuan. You see where my mind's at. But seriously, man, look at they That's the crux of it all, guys. When God gives you a gift to use for his glory, that's this is the crux of it. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying, look, are not these Galileans, are not these who speak Galileans? When something happens, Penny, they should be looking, saying, dude, I know Penny's good at this, this, but look at this. She, look at this. Look what just happened right here. You're out there like Bethany Hamilton ripping the waves on, on a little shortboard. Look at that. No way. She's a longboarder, you know? It's like they look at it and say, wow, there's no way that you could be responsible for this happening. That's why God gives us a gift is to bring him glory. And every day, every moment, he's given us gifts because he's got assignments. He's putting us in situations. And a lot of times, instead of recognizing the situation as an opportunity to receive a gift and use a gift, we complain and whine because it's not what we wanted. It's not in my calendar. It's not in my schedule. It's not in my plan for my life. Instead of saying, all right, God, you know I'm going to need a gift for this. Just to even be able to dig this, I'm going to need a gift. But that's the gift he wants to give you. So in here... Uh, again, verse 7, I absolutely love it because they're like, dude, these backwoods hicks from Galilee, they could never be doing this. Go look at this. And verse 8, they said, and how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? How? That's what the world needs to see as far as God's power in your life. They need to say, man, how is this possible? It doesn't make sense to us. How is this possible? And then we all get the opportunity to say it's God. That's what our life is about here. It's not about your happiness, your joy, your success, and having your best day, and having, you know, all. that's not what it's about. And I'm not saying it's miserable. How many of you ever had God do something supernatural in your life? Anybody, was that the worst day of your life? 
No, it's not. It's awesome. You wish it happened every day. But when your life is about you, you're a little sketchy on letting that happen. But once you surrender and you let them have it, man, dude, it's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. How many of you say it's awesome? <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. So it goes on. Uh, next one. And look at how many people were there. Uh, and we're, there's going to be a whole other screen of people, too. So this is how many different languages. It wasn't like these guys took Pimsler's conversational creole and they went to Haiti and could say, oh, bonjour, monsieur. You know, it was like, dude, these guys were fluently speaking this many languages. Parthians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphyla, Egypt, and parts of Libya among adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jew and proselytes. Cretans and Arabs, and we hear them speaking in our own tongue or language. And what are they speaking? There it is. That's what they're speaking. They weren't like speaking in Chinese. Oh, listen to me speak Chinese, and I never heard it before. That's how they're, oh, look at me. I have this awesome gift, and you should be envious of me. Oh, look at me. It's not. That's it. You know what they were talking about? The same thing they should be talking about in their own native tongue. And that is, read that again with me, the last part, the wonderful works of God. When's the last time you told somebody about the wonderful works of God? I hope it was this morning. I hope it was at least yesterday or a week ago. But that's what it's about. God gives us gifts for his glory. So that we can show people the wonderful works of God. That's why our focus here is to help each other see life from God's perspective. But in order to help each other see it, we've got to be seeing it that way ourselves. Dude, every sunrise that I have missed with you in the last week and a half, I'm almost back, man, dude. I'm going to be back one day, and you're going to fall over and faint. But, man, you post a picture of that sunrise at the beach, man. That's speaking the wonderful works of God. No one can make that, bro. It was chest high. What's that? It was chest high. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I came later. <laughs> I just wasn't. I was doing other stuff for sunrise. but. But yes, it was chest high. It was beautiful waves. It was that, yes. But that's what it's about, speaking the wonderful works of God. Look at verse 12. We're almost done here. It says, so they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Now, next week, JJ is going to take a little piece of the, ne of the next section, and he's going to spring off of that and preach a message. But when we come back, I'll, uh, the, the following week, uh, providing God brings me back from Nicaragua, <laughs> I'm thinking he will, but we come back, um, we're going to look at the answer to that question because Peter's going to get up and preach a message, and he's going to tell them what this means. That's their question. What could this mean? But there were some people that saw the works of God, and understand this when you share the works of God, that there's going to be some people that don't want to hear it, they don't want to see it. They don't want to give in to it. They want to find some other explanation, as absurd as it might be, because their heart is hard and it's not ready to receive it yet. And maybe it will one day, but it's not right now. And so look what it says in verse 13. It says, others, others, mocking said, they're drunk. <laughs> they're full of new wine. Basically said, they're drunk. And the other guys, they could argue back and forth as long as they want. No, that's like Cappadocian he's speaking there. No, that's like, you know, Cretan he's speaking. That's Arabic. No, no, they're drunk. And there's nothing you could do to convince somebody. Because salvation, believing in God's, what God's done through salvation, goes from your heart to your head. Not from your head to your heart. You don't understand it and then say, oh, okay, I know enough, now I'm going to believe. Otherwise, it wouldn't take faith. What it takes is God giving you some faith and you're saying, I got a little seed of faith, so I'm going to go for it. But as you walk in that faith, you now maybe don't understand what's ahead of you, but you sure understand better what's behind you, what you just experienced. He grows your faith that way. So if someone's not there, man, don't beat them over the head with a Bible. Don't ridicule them. Don't, don't act arrogant like you're better than them, but pray for them because they can only get it when God gives them the ability. And they're going to need you to be there to share it with them, because they already like you. They're trusting you. But in the rest of this, it says, whatever could this mean? And Peter's going to tell them what it means. We know what it means. It means now that God's giving us gifts to give him glory. <clears throat> and the glory is so that we can share with others salvation.
I told you guys we're going ready. Uh, we've got these new paddle boards coming out, and on the, the crazy Eddie special, um, oh, that nice. paddle board. And in fact, we're going to Miami to pick them up tomorrow, bro. I told uh, Salma. Uh, but but on the crazy Eddie special, right down the middle of the board is yellow and gold, and then right down the one side is green is is red. And down the other side is green. Now, you may say those are Rasta colors, and then the deck pad is all black with pin lines. And you may say, oh, those are cool Rasta board. Well, it is cool Rasta board, but dude, it's the Crazy Eddie special gospel board, man. Because you know what? Check this out. That gold right down the middle, it reminds me of the place where God wants to live with me forever, and that's heaven. You know, isn't that cool that you've got a place where you're born again? You've got a place where God wants to live with you forever in heaven. And we're going to be there way longer than we're ever on this planet. But the black pin lines and the black deck pad that covers that whole board, it covers up that gold, that represents the one thing that keeps me separated from God and, and before salvation, not able to enjoy a guarantee of a home in heaven. And, and that's my sin. That's me wanting to be the boss, me doing what I want instead of what God wants, and that's just my desire. But at some point, he'll come, he came into my life. For me... It was somewhere around 1987, Christmas 87. It culminated June 27, 1988, where he gave me the desire and ability to surrender to him and accept and believe that that red represented for me his blood that he shed on the cross to pay for my sins. He was sinless as he lived here. And so when he died on a cross, he wasn't paying for his own sins. He was paying for all of ours, and he was paying for mine. So that, that red represents, when I look down at that board, the only thing that can cover my sins, which is the blood of Christ. And it covers it for how long, guys? Forever. Forever. <laughs> no one can ever take it off. It covers forever. So I got the gold and I got the black, which keeps me away from God. And I got the red, which covers me and puts me back in fellowship with him. But the green, the green is really where we're at right now. Green represents growth. And that green reminds me why he didn't take me to heaven. The reason he didn't take me to heaven, because all... Can't God satisfy you? Now, Kevin, I mean, Kevin, <laughs> Kathy, <laughs> can, can you have uh, those Kathy and Kevin together? That, yeah, that's her spiritual name, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're keeping that. So, I don't even know where we're going now. I lost it. I lost it. Middle wedge, I'll pick that one later. But, but couldn't everything that you could, you could like, want, couldn't God satisfy all of that if he just took you to heaven right now? Uh, sure. Yeah, he could make us so happy. All the things we want, we desire, we could have those in heaven right now. It would have been so easy for him to satisfy us in heaven with everything. But it wasn't time for us to go to heaven. So that green represents growth, where I grow more in love with him through the situations he allows me to be in every day. I depend on him. I learn to see life from his perspective, and I watch him solve things, and I watch him show himself mighty through his power, the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I grow more in love with him each day, and as I grow more in love with him, that causes me to what? To grow more in love with others. And that's why I'm sharing that gospel with them. So that's the Crazy Eddie gospel special board. But that's the way for you to be able to share the gospel too. Very simple, God's got a place called heaven. He's, there's something standing in the way of people being there. It's sin. And the only thing that can cover that sin is the blood of Christ. And when you give your life to Christ, he covers your sins eternally. And you have a home forever again. But he keeps you here to grow more in love with him so you can grow more in love with each other and want others to join you there. That's what it's really about. That's why he gives us gifts. So he gives us gifts so we can bring him glory and the greatest glory. It's people being saved. Amen. Let's pray. Oh.